Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the first episode of the new year of the Talking Smack podcast. My name is Aiden Jai. I'm alongside Adam Gorski over Zoom. Yes. Uh, we're not doing this in person right now. Technology. Uh, technology, yeah. But uh, anyway, a lot of things to get into. NBA draft last night. We'll talk about uh, We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the MAC, and we'll talk about a little bit of national things along with uh, the proposed NCAA tournament. So let's do it for the first time this year. Georgia, the first overall pick uh, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. James Wiseman went second. Uh, I, th- I thought that we, we knew that was going to happen. We knew LaMelo Ball was going to go three. So I want to jump right to four. Patrick Williams going fourth overall Ooh. to uh, Chicago. I that was that a was- surprise. That was a surprise. I think I tweeted in all caps, Patrick Williams, question mark, question mark, question mark, <laughs> after I saw that one. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, 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 know, I, kn- <laughs> I know he was uh, – uh, to be honest with you, I'm not 100% positive where he was projected. I want to say he was a top 15, top 10 guy. He was like 10 to 15. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, so for him to go at four, I mean, it's definitely quite the leap. I mean, right. my whole deal is like, if he was mocked at 10 to 15, then why would you, you would think that the Bulls could have traded down? You know what I mean? Unless right. they're, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not the GM. So I mean, maybe there was nothing there. Maybe nobody was offering, but um, you, you would think that a guy like him, unless they knew another team had him high on their board, uh, you know, I yeah, mean, that's I not, that's not to say, I don't think he's a talented player. Um, right. I, mean, I, I, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to be, you know, good in the NBA, but right. I just, I think there were better players on the board. I mean, right. I think Isaac Okoro, I think is a better player. Um, I mean, just at the forward position, I think Obi Toppin, uh, Denny Avia or he's a Nick. Yes, yes, Obi. he is Obi Toppin. I love it. I love I it. I know. I was, I was so <laughs> happy with that pick. I really was. I thought that – I think he is a dark horse. Not even yeah. a dark horse. I think he is a solid candidate for Rookie of the Year. I, I think he, I think he's going to compete for Rookie of the Year. I mean, um, you look at it. I mean, you got Julius Randle, uh, right. R.J. Barrett. But, like, other than that, who else is going to be taking shots from right. him? You know what I mean? They waved uh, – it was Bobby Portis and Taj Gibson. Right. So, and that, I mean, those are that, two... that, open, that opens it right up for that possibility. Absolutely. I think play he... and, and even start Obi right away. Absolutely. I think he's going to ball out. I'm really excited to watch this game. I mean, I've, it, it's hard not to love to, or it's hard not to have loved watching him in college. I mean, right. the dude is an athletic freak for his size. Um, the one concern there is like with his height, he's kind of, he's, he's not big enough to be a center. He's, no. he, but also on the other end, he's too big to be, like a small forward guard type right. position. He's six nine. He can play right. the four. Right, exactly. Really exactly. Easily. You have to you have to, you know, I think that that is the one thing that I did read is that people were concerned that his his size and his abilities could right. limit him because you know the, the four is just changing before our eyes in the modern right. game. But I mean I see no reason why he can't be a stud. No, I don't I don't think league. he does I know a lot of a lot of people say his defense needs work. Mm-hmm. which i agree with he can be a little shaky on the defensive end but like you said on offense he's like a total athletic freak and just a highlight real dunks i think it was they pulled up the stat he dunked i think it was 127 times or that's something absurd. Like that in two that's years absurd. At, at Dayton. that yeah which is absurd oh my god um but yeah he's six nine yes he yes he's not great on the defensive end but i but i think 
that can be worked on really easily, especially with Tom Thibodeau, even though right. Tom Thibodeau doesn't like young players. <laughs> uh, that is a good point. Um, he's almost going to be forced to play young guys now because Gibson is gone. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, who else um, Who else do they have at that point? You know what I mean? I mean, I mean, the, the entire Knicks team is just all young guys right now. Mm-hmm. Um, who else did you... I, uh... I think he will compete for Rookie of the Year, and I think overall, though, like I, I, I'm going to say this, I this was not the strongest draft ever, and I think a lot of people knew that coming in. So it's about finding a guy that works in your system. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think if if you look at you had the the, the top three, I think were pretty solidified: Edwards, Wiseman, yeah. and Lamelo yeah. Ball. And I think then after that, there's a bit of a drop off, and you maybe had like. I don't know, like eight, 10 guys who, you know, are lottery, lottery capable picks, but you know, right. certainly no guarantees that they'll pan out. And then I think there was another drop off. And I think, I think that third to fourth tier, I think that there are, especially with the pandemic going on and the lack of true scouting and no tournament right. and all that, I think that definitely plays a role in how, you know, I think this draft is a lot more of a crapshoot than any other draft before, just because of that. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you have an idea of what a guy can give you and you have an idea of where he can fit into your team just based off, you know, right. I mean, obviously there was a, it, it seems so long ago, but there was college basketball played last year, last season. Um, right. <laughs> so I think, I think there's this draft could, it does have the potential to produce some, um, yeah. I guess maybe un, unexpected uh, quality right. players. And- and I've been saying that I've been saying this for a while now, you know, to go on your point, I think the the top player in this draft is going to be someone who was drafted mid to late first round. I mean, a guy, a guy I really look at there is Sadiq Bay. At yeah. a Villanova, mm-hmm. Overall, he's going to, he was drafted by the Nets, but he's going to be a Detroit Piston because he Correct. got traded. But I, I, I think that's a guy who can really jump out and play really well and have a good career. Another I guy I'm thinking is Kyra Lewis Jr., Mm-hmm. who was drafted by the Pelicans. He's going to be a Pelican. He was not traded. Um, I, I think, I mean, at, at Alabama, that's not a basketball school, obviously, but Alabama had a decent team last year, and mm-hmm. he can be a guy that kind of takes over that. Yeah, um, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I and also another- love... Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, you're good. I was just going to say, uh, I, I liked... I, I kind of like the Trey Jones pick to San Antonio. I, I got to say, I, I, I think he's going to fit really well in that system. I, I said, I think I tweeted right after that trade. That is a perfect fit for mm-hmm. Greg Popovich. No, I agree. I mean, you look at the guards he's had, uh, you know, Derek White, uh, DeJounte Murray, just on that team off the top of my head. I mean, right. I don't really expect, or I don't really think either of those guys coming out of the draft, or I, I'm not even positive, but I'm, I'm pretty right. sure Derek White was drafted. I can't remember Murray. I'm pretty sure he was, but. Uh, nonetheless, uh, I don't really think either of them were expected to really grow into the roles that they have. I mean, they're two quality guards on that team. And I mean, right. you, you have to give credit to Greg Popovich. I mean, probably one of, if not the best coach in the NBA. And I don't, I, I, as you were saying, I see no reason why this fit won't be perfect for him. I think he right. can really develop into a quality NBA point guard, whether right. he's a starter, whether he's a good guy, you know, a good bench guy. I think he definitely can make a name for himself in the league. I think Devin, I think Devin Vassell can make a difference too. Oh yeah. Right. Yep. Overall. Yep, he, yep, he's yep. another one of those guys mm-hmm. who, who falls into everything that you just said. Right. I know. Um, shout, out to, shout out to Florida state too. Two top 11. Picks. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> Good for that. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> the last time, uh, 
uh, Florida State had two guys in the lottery. But this is the first time uh, in a long time that Kentucky didn't have anybody in the lottery. I know. That was unusual. But but speaking of Kentucky, Tyrese Maxey, yes, he did drop, but – Yes. I'm telling you right now, man, I, I, we were talking about this a few, I think last week uh, when we were in the office, we were talking about this, just how Kentucky, for whatever reason, they produce these guards that just, they do. you know, whether they're drafted in the second round, whether they're drafted in the lottery, it seems like, you know, obviously there are a few exceptions, but right. it seems like very often they produce these guards who just come into the league and play well. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I look at, you know, John Wall, De'Aaron Fox, um, they just have this tendency for whatever reason to produce yeah. quality, quality guards. And I think Tyrese Kentucky will be, can... Kentucky will be back in the lottery next year too. Oh, for sure. With B.J. Boston and Terrence Clark, who I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, in um, the show later on in the, in the year. But, you know, both of them are really good players too, and both of them will end up in the lottery. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in agreement there. I, I don't think that this drought of no Kentucky players in the lottery will last next or last another year. No, it, it won't. Um, <laughs> another thing I want to talk about is Tyrese Halliburton, another mm-hmm. guard who I think took a little bit of a fall. I was, I, yeah. I was convinced that Atlanta was going to take him at six <laughs> yeah. and, and play him alongside Trey Young. I mean, but yeah. he fell to 12. He's going to be a Sacramento King. Um, yeah, that, that was weird to me. I, I thought he was going to go top 10, maybe mm-hmm. even closer to the top five. And he yeah, went 12. yeah. I mean, he, I think he, whether he played in Atlanta, and I'm assuming he probably would have just played the two in Atlanta alongside uh, Trey Young, like you said. Oh, yeah. That, I, I, yeah, that's the reason I thought they were going to draft him, put him right. alongside Trey Young. I mean, I think he can certainly do the same thing with De'Aaron Fox in Sacramento. You know what I, I think, mean? Yeah. I think he, I think, he, I feel like there are a lot of picks. I mean, I could just be, you know, talking crazy, but I feel like there were a lot of picks, especially in the later rounds, just from like college stars that didn't really get a ton of NBA hype. You know what I mean? Like I look at like, like we were talking about Trey Jones earlier. Um, but I think Halliburton is another guy where it's like, you know, it's becoming a cliche for us to say this at this point, but I think it's a good fit. You know what I mean? I yeah. think, I yeah. think he can certainly perform in Sacramento. I think that he's not going to be looked at as like the guy, you know what I mean? Whereas if he was drafted more in the top five, top 10 area, I think he, right. I think a lot more pressure would have been placed on him, but I mean, number 12, he can come out, he can hopefully put up a good season and go from there. Sacramento, a very, very small market team too, obviously right. Atlanta's a bigger market, but right. I mean, he can, he can go there and kind of shine almost under the radar. Yeah, in Sacramento. I agree. Well, the one last thing I did want to mention, I, I tweeted about this as well last night. Um, <laughs> the Yudoka Azubuki pick to Utah is just, that's just perfect, man. That's just perfect. Like imagine, <laughs> yeah, imagine rolling out a lineup of uh, Rudy Gobert and Azubuki. It would never, it will never happen. <laughs> it won't happen. Just yeah. some, like, just that, that image in my head. I, I love that. Just sticking right. two massive quality defenders right under the basket. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, 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 I think that's going to be a good fit in Utah. Yeah. Two more guards that, again, I think are good fits. Both went late first round. Peyton Pritchard to Boston and Malachi Flynn to Toronto. Yep, I was going to bring up Malachi Both Flynn. Both of them are great fits there. I agree. I love and Malachi Peyton, Flynn. I, I tweeted about it. I tweeted about it after. I'm like, wow, Peyton Pritchard is such a Brad Stevens player. <laughs> he is. Absolutely. I can totally see that. I mean, it, I think Peyton Pritchard was probably one of the more, 
I mean, I don't want to say he was underlooked, but you know, he right. certainly got his time in the spotlight. But because he's twenty-two, right? I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think that. the age. It, everyone was falling on Obi Toppin too because he was twenty-two. Yeah, I know. I hate the whole age thing. It, it's just yeah. it's like what two two years? You know what I mean? Like yeah, sure, right. sure. You know, maybe later in the career, you'll be like, oh, I wish I could have had two more years of him. But like for the near future what's the difference between a 20 year old coming into the league and a 22 year old or a 19 year old? There's really not much. I mean, the peak will come a little bit earlier in their career. So that means it'll end a little bit later. Right. No, I mean, it's just building around guys peaks is all you have to do. Yeah. No, that's a fact. And I mean, and you, you get a guy like Peyton Pritchard for the Celtics. I mean, they're a good team. I mean, they made a pretty damn good run in the playoffs. So I don't see, you know what I mean? I don't see that as an issue. You know, Jason Tatum is still blossoming. Right, they have Jalen Brown. Yep, Jalen Brown, Mark another guy. Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, those guys are all still relatively young, so I, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, it's not like this is a team where it's like, oh, well, one more year and we're not contenders anymore. Like, right, you know. And then again, right. as you were saying, Malachi Flynn, love that pick for the Raptors as well. Yeah. Um, he just feels, especially if Fred Van Vliet yeah, does not this, return. This is, yeah, I was just about to say that. Assuming Fred Van Vliet does leave Toronto, which it sounds like he probably will. I mean, Malachi Flynn, he's going to maybe take a year or two to develop, mm-hmm. but he could be a guy that jumps in there. Yeah, I was about to say, he can easily fill that Fred Van Vliet yeah. role right. for the Raptors if they right. do end up losing him. And I, I mean, I, I think, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure we mentioned him at some point. We had to have mentioned him at some point last year. We had but to, yeah. Like, he, he was damn good at San Diego State. Like, yes, he, was, he was. He was such a good player. He's he was. so fun to watch. Um, you know what I was disappointed by? What's at that? the end, this is kind of going back to the second round. Both Marcus Howard and Miles Powell went undrafted. I know. I was I tweeted about Marcus Howard. I I yeah. did I did see did Miles Powell he got picked up by the Knicks didn't he? He got picked up by the Knicks and um, Marcus Howard is going to be a Denver Nugget. Yes, I did see that. That was that was like one of the last things I saw before going to bed last night. But, and that's um, another one of those where it's like, okay, he's old. He's he's older than twenty. Yeah, and he's a four-year guy. Why are you not taking him? He clearly has talent. I know. I I think I think one of the knocks on him is that he he was a shorter guard, and it kind of reminds me of the Carson Edwards situation when he was right. coming out. You know what I mean? Dude could ball out. I but honestly, Marcus Howard is a better scorer than Carson Edwards to me. Yes, I think he, he can get you a bucket any way you want. <laughs> Marcus Howard was one of the best scorers in the country last year. I mean, what he, he dropped? Powell. Yeah, he dropped fifty. What like? two, three times last year. Something like, like that. Yeah. I know two off the top of my head. I can remember. He might've done it a right. third time. Like how, you know what I mean? Like that's just the type of thing where it's like, yes, he's shorter. Yes. He might be undersized. Yes. He might be a liability defensively, but like you need points to win the game. You know right. what I mean? Like if you can send him and, out there off the bench as just a sharpshooter, you know, yeah. like. And especially now with the NBA where there's not much defense being mm-hmm. played for better or for worse. You need a guy who can go out there and make shots, yeah. especially at the end of games and make threes. Yeah, I know. I was that was they probably the biggest. They can do that. That was probably the biggest shock to me in terms of guys who didn't get drafted. Miles Powell was definitely yeah. another one, but I was stunned nobody took a shot on Marcus Howard. Yeah, I mean it's disappointing. I'm, I'm glad the Nuggets picked him up. He'll probably end up in the G League for you know maybe a year. Hopefully he does get uh, a chance to play for them. Though. Yeah, I, I know. I think he deserves it, and I, I think I'm Miles Powell gets it deserves a chance to play for the next. Yep. I agree with you. hundred percent. So shifting over. Yeah. So yeah, shifting over. Say. It's um, that time of year. That time of year. It's, it's Mac basketball. <laughs> um, 
your 14th favorite conference. <laughs> 14th favorite? Uh, yeah, something like that. I don't know. It's about my third favorite. Just uh, <laughs> oh no, I was just I was just talking in general, just like the uh, you know any any normal college basketball fans this is probably their 14th oh, yeah. favorite conference. <laughs> uh, so I, I have my rankings here right in front of me. All uh, right. I have Sienna at one. Okay. Because certainly I, understandable. I think Sienna's the best team in the league. They return Jalen Pickett, the best player in the league. Um, they don't and lose too much. They lose Elijah say, Burns. You also bring back Manny Camper, who's probably one of the better number two options in the league as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gary Harris, a good shooter. Jordan King, a good role player. So, you know, I, I think Sienna is going to be good. I think Sienna has a really good shot at winning the conference tournament this year. Yeah. So, I don't see why not. <laughs> yeah. It all it all adds up to me. It does. Uh, I got St. Peter's at two. Oh, I like that. Because like that. they 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 lost Aaron Estrada to transfer. They lost Quinn Taylor. They lost Derek Woods, but they got a lot of they got Daryl Banks coming back. They got Casey and Defo coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh they got Dallas Watson coming back. Dallas, I really like Dallas Watson. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think he's a really, really fun player to watch. And just, again, it's going to be like last year, St. Peter's depth right. is going to – I mean, St. Peter's was playing 12, 13 guys, and you never see that. In no, you basketball. don't. I know. I, that was one of the, the one thing that I did enjoy about that team. And speaking of which, like, was there a team – I mean, they had to have exceeded the, – the team that exceeded the most expectations – uh, in all of the Mac last year, I oh, mean, probably. nobody expected them to be in the position they were last year, and right. they absolutely positively played very well. And as yep. you said, it was that depth. It was the fact that they were playing right. 13, 12 guys a game. You know what I mean? Like, I remember looking at their their uh, their lineup at one point last year on one of the pods, and I, I don't think right. anybody on their team was averaging double digits. You know what I mean? No. It was just like, no. this guy's averaging seven. This guy's averaging seven. This guy's averaging eight. It, it was a team effort. You know what it, I mean? It's a, formula to win, it's a formula to win games. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at right now, um, out of all the returners, Indefo averaged the most points a game. It was eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. Which by, which by any other standards is Okay. Not yeah. overly impressive, but it's okay. Yeah, but on a St. Peter's team, like that, you, that's the type of right. You know, output right. you need. Right, and that and that's what got because uh, Shaheen won Coach of the Year. Shaheen Holloway. Yep, and rightfully so. Year, deservingly so. I mean, I, oh. I I I agree with you. I think they will. I think they're definitely in that upper echelon in the MAC this year. I, I mean, think like they you are said, too. they did yeah. they did lose guys like Aaron Estrada, who's a damn good player, but I see no reason why they cannot replicate their performance from last year yep yep i i don't i don't think they do either so three i have probably the most fun team in the mac now i'm sure you can guess who it is uh niac no i'm playing (laughs) definitely iona right (laughs) the iona Iona. gales coached by rick patino i cannot believe this is a world we're living in did a pot after that uh, no we didn't that got announced no we didn't this is a uh, world that we're living in (laughs) Rick Pitino is coaching in the Mac. Oh, yeah, it, it's going to be incredible. I am so, so, so excited. It's going to, to be so entertaining. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, he's he's going to do his thing, I think. he's gonna. I don't see why he won't, you know what I mean? I right. don't see why not. I mean, this, this is a similar because, you know, he started his career at 
Boston University in the 80s, and then he went to Providence. Yep. And, you know, those are two small schools. Both, I, I guess, I, Providence was probably more similar to an Iona then than they are now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because obviously Providence is a Big East program. They're one of, you know, they're a power six school now. Um, you know, they're, they're a nationally recognized program. But I'm sure back in the 80s, Providence wasn't that big of a program mm-hmm. as they are now. Right. So I, I think it's comparable to the time. I think um, so, too. I, I think I can definitely see that. I mean, I, like you said, like just the fact, yes, you have the scandals and all that. And that's understandable. Right. But take away that, like peel it back that layer for a second. Right. This is a national championship winning coach. Yeah. yeah. This is a net, he's a he's a extremely talented coach. Before even before and even after the scandals, sure his reputation is a little bit tarnished, but nonetheless, right. if you like on the on the basketball court, this is a very, very, very good coach. You yes, know what I mean? Is. And yes, yes. Coaching a program like Iona, who you know under Tim Clewis was the powerhouse of the Mac. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't think I mean, I'm just looking at some of these these newcomers they're bringing in. I mean, they brought in seemingly yeah, an think... entire bench, for goodness sake, and some right. starters. Like, right. I don't think the pull or – I mean, recruiting is going to be pretty simple for them because you can yeah, just say, hey, do you, want, do you want to play under Rick Pitino? Uh, yeah. Right. Right. You know, so I – mean, I, I don't think – going back to Clues, anyway, I don't think there's a better mid-major coach with – a better resume outside of let's say Mark few and Greg Marshall. Yeah. Who <laughs> yeah. Greg Marshall is, we don't talk about him anymore, <laughs> but yeah, well, we can get into that. Yeah. Um, Cause that, that was bad. Yes. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's another one with a better resume out there besides those two. Mm-hmm. I really don't. It's true. So yeah. Anyway, you got you got Asante Guest and Isaiah Ross coming back. I've heard a lot of good things about Barrett John Luis. I know. I that was that was uh, that was another guy that I was going to bring up. Speaking of those newcomers, I've heard good things about it. I, I've never seen him play because he came from a JUCO, but I've heard good things about. Him. Yeah, just so. I mean, just doing some reading on him, or just like a little bit of reading, you know, leading up to this pod on the Siona team. From what I understand, I mean, the dude's athletic. I mean, I, I mean, I'm just. I think we're both like you know, have some information up here. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at a gif here of him pretty much walking on air uh, for a two-handed slam, I'm guessing during his Juco career. Yeah. I mean, the guy looks athletic as hell and right. anybody can use a player like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and he's probably going to be starting for them immediately. More than so, likely. You know, I, he's a guy I'm excited to watch. Mm-hmm. Just I, Like I said, I've never seen him play in a game, but interesting absolutely and i I think the theory with iona is i think they're going to get off to a slow start which is understandable i I think they're going to lose it and obviously it hurts with a limited non-conference schedule and uh i believe one of the iona is one of the programs on pause right now which is so many mac teams are on pause oh yeah oh god yeah men's and women's it's because COVID cases are going up in the Northeast. And I think it's just, these teams are so unlucky too. It's just the conference as a whole is so unlucky. I know. I think, I mean, what was it at one point? Like there was like 20 or 25 programs in the country on pause and the Mac had like six or seven of them or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. that's just something crazy. Like that. Right. Um, but anyway, 
I, I they'll probably end up playing a couple of non-conference games. I think I I believe they were supposed they were supposed to go to the bubble in Mohegan Sun. I I don't believe that's happening anymore. No. but I may be wrong. I don't believe so. What wasn't Hofstra, or did that game get canceled too? Or am I am I thinking of another Mac school was playing the Hofstra? The Hofstra. I'm not sure what happened with the Hofstra game. Yeah, because wasn't that the the big hype there? Was they were going to do the coin flip for the home and home or whatever? And no, it was. <laughs> I remember this now. The mascots did a rock paper scissors ah that's what it was <laughs> oh, on like was. twitter live or something like that that's what it was <laughs> which that was funny that, i i had never seen that before <laughs> i said, never heard of anything like that but i was like you know what that's fresh i like that yeah. but anyway i think i own is going to get off to a slow start but you think mid-january i think he'll have them up in the top three or four in the league I think I, – I don't see why not, man. I don't see By why like not. By, like, mid to late January. And, hey, you want – And it's going to and it's gonna be an adjustment for teams this year, too, yeah. because they have the new schedule coming out. You're going to have Friday, Saturday double headers instead of the instead of the initial schedule they were playing every three days. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think it's going to be an adjustment. It's going to be an adjustment for every team because, you know, obviously in high school that would happen more. You, you, like AAU and stuff like that. But once you get to the college level, you rarely have these double headers and playing on back-to-back days. I know. Unless, you know, you're playing playing in an MTE right in the season, which I guess is good training for it. But you, but doing this the entire season, nobody has done this. Before. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's going to be weird. Right now. And, yeah, it's got to be weird. So, anyway. So, four, I have Monmouth. They're returning mm-hmm. a lot of guys. Donovan Hammond. someone who's really interesting to me. Um, he'll probably be starting. He sat out last year. He's only 5'9", but uh, he averaged 11 at Chattanooga two years ago. Um, I think he's going to be interesting. They have Deion Hammond back, one of the best players in the league. Um, I think – I think Marcus McQuarrie. They have George Pappas yes. coming back. They uh, lose George, Ray Salmi, George Pappas. who's one of the best players. George Pat, we love George Pappas. <laughs> yes, this is a George Pappas podcast. Absolutely. How can you not love that man? Sorry, uh, continue. You just had to shut up, my boy. Uh, they do lose Ray Salmay, uh, who was one of the better players in this league as well last year. But you know, I, I, I think it'll. I think all of that cancels out what they're bringing back. I think so I think. too. I think so too. They bring back plenty of talent. I mean, yeah. Dion Hammond, like you said, one of the best players in the league. I think. I think you can make the argument if Jalen Pickett did not exist, he probably would be the best probably. player in the Mac. Probably. You know what I mean? So when you have a you have a guy like that who is like above and beyond your best player, it's it's hard not to be at least competitive. Right. You know what I mean? When you have a star like him. So excited to see what he does this year. Average sixteen and uh sixteen points, three rebounds a game roughly last year. So I see no reason why he can't either improve right. on that or play roughly around that same level. Right. Um you know, still have a decent core on the bench. Uh, looks like they bring back four guys, four bench players. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bring yeah, back I, a lot I, of people. I, King I, Rice I is a good coach, a good... so. Right. I was about to say that. Uh, <laughs> next, Yeah. Uh, next up, I have Manhattan at five. Uh, they bring back a decent amount. They lose Polly Polly Cap. They have a lot of newcomers coming in. Uh, there's a lot to be excited about Anthony Nelson, the Seton Hall transfer. Uh, they have Jason Douglas Stanley coming in from George Mason. They got some Juco transfers coming in. Uh, they have Arkel Lamar from UMBC. He was on the uh, the team that beat Virginia. Oh, man. Um, no kidding. 
Yeah, he he didn't do too much there. I, I <laughs> I'm about to say I don't I don't remember him, but I'll take he, your word he might, for it. <laughs> he might even be a, he might even be a grad transfer. Oh, now that I think okay. about it, but that um, makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, Manhattan at five. Not too much to say about them. I have Niagara at six. Um, I think this is a team that a lot of people underranked coming into the year. That's understandable. Niagara, yeah. I think. Wait, we say Manhattan or Niagara? Niagara. Niagara. Oh, gotcha. I'm moving gotcha. on to Niagara. Yeah, Niagara. I have it six. You're right. Okay. 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 Yeah. I Marcus, mean, Marcus Hammond is Marcus Hammond's probably the most underrated player in this league. Oh, oh my He's gotta God. be. Love Marcus Hammond, man. Yeah. If like what, having the opportunity to watch him play, like I wasn't able to get out to a ton of games, uh, you know, covering last year, but the few right. I did, I did get to one of the Niagara games, and let me tell you. If if you if you're still sleeping on Marcus Hammond, you get you better wake up because right. love this kid's game, man. Just right. love his game. The one thing I will say though is that Greg Paulus too, he got that contract extension. I think this was a, ooh, a yep. while back, but he did get the contract extension. Fantastic news! Oh my god, it was right after they hired him, yeah. like officially. Right, right, right. Which is great news and happy for him. I think he is certainly deserving considering the roster he yeah. had last year. I mean, what, they done. were the sh- shortest team in the country last year, weren't they? Right. So. I, I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, he did a hell of a job there. Yeah. A hell of a job. Yeah. No, no uh, kidding for sure. He, he deserved coach of the year votes. I, 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 I don't know if he did you. get any, but he definitely deserved them. Mm-hmm. No, uh, for sure. To, to, to take the roster he had and, you know, get, get what he got out of them is right. certainly worthy of a round of applause right. for certain. No, I, and, I, I remember the first time I watched Marcus Hammond. Hammond's a junior now. The first time I watched him his freshman year, I was like, wow, this guy, I, I don't know who this guy is, but he's good. <laughs> a couple times I watched him, and now I'm like, okay, well, I was right about this guy. So, yeah, no kidding. Um, Raheem Solomon's a good player, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, they, have, they have a lot of guys that are just, you know, you may not really – you know, they're not, not, they're not household names, but no. they can put in good minutes. You know what I mean? Like you said, yeah. Raheem Solomon is definitely one of them. Uh, I mean, I look just looking at this roster, Justin Roberts, another guy I remember from last year. I think he Greg had Kakua a, Menza yep. is another one. Yep, Shandon yep, yep, Brown. Yep, yep. Yeah. I mean, none of them are stars in the league besides Hammond, right. but they're all quality players. You can give you quality minutes and yeah, it looks like, and also just having taking a glance at the roster, it looks like they finally do get some reinforcements in terms of size. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Cintron, Cintron, uh, he's a, he's gonna be a transfer, six foot eight. Uh, Tuba Traore, I hope I pronounced that correctly. I bet uh, it's six, Traor. Traor, uh, six eleven yeah. freshman. Uh, right. So I mean, again, not sure if either of them will be getting big time minutes. Uh, I mean, I would right. have to imagine Cintron would, considering he's a transfer junior, redshirt junior. Um, but Hey, gives you, gives you finally gives you some size, some options for if you're right. Greg Paulus. I mean, I, I'm sure, I'm sure Nicholas Kratholm will have a, a bigger role now. He's six nine. He'll probably be the starting center. Yeah. Um, you know, decent player. He's not a star again, but you know, he he's depth. He's a good. He's a good. You know, decent piece. Right. For sure. So, yeah, Greg Paulus. I think he's one of the best coaches in this league. Hands down. I, I, I think, I think he'll get a bit, I think he'll get a power five job eventually power five, power six, whatever you want to call it. I'm still in college football mode. But, <laughs> uh, next up, I got Quinnipiac. Ah, the they better start winning soon. Yeah. They better start winning yeah. with this score. Yeah. They're, uh, they 
been they've been underperforming a little bit. They have. <laughs> uh, they have. Maybe not even a little bit. Uh, a lot of it. Um, yeah. You know, you lose Rich Kelly, is, lose Kevin Marple. Those are two big losses right there. Right. And you got to think. You, you almost got to think last year was their last chance to do it with this core. Yeah. I mean, they still have Jacob Ragoni, who's they still have Jacob Ragoni and Tyrese Williams. Yep. This is Ragoni's senior year. Right. I mean, those those are two good players. You know what I mean? Those are two guys who can definitely lead a team. But like you said, I mean, you had them two alongside Rich Kelly and Kevin Marfo. I mean, you know what I mean? That it does kind of feel like that had to have been the year. Right. Aaron Aaron Falzon, decent player too. The the grad transfer. He he. uh, he was from Northwestern. Yeah. Um, but maybe they got a chance. Probably not. Yeah. I, but eh, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll, they'll probably be in that tier two to tier three. Yeah. Type yeah. range. Maybe like a, you know, eight to five, eight to four, maybe, right. maybe, maybe more like nine to five, but you know, I think they'll be, they'll be a middle of the pack team. Right. Um, I don't think, like you said, I don't see them really having the opportunity to compete for a title this year. I mean, no. they could easily prove me wrong. I think this con- <laughs> is one nice thing about this yeah. conference and all mid majors that you never really know what to expect, but right. Um, yeah. I mean, just on paper, I'm not too sure that uh, right. the talent is there to make a title run, especially with the big dogs of Siena and, mm-hmm. you know, St. Peter's Monmouth, all them. So, right. Another, like I was really high on Baker Dunleavy at the beginning of his tenure. I was like, this guy should be the one who takes over the job at Boston College if Boston College ever decides to get rid of James Chris, or Jim Christian, which pff, who knows. <laughs> but <laughs> they still haven't done it yet. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't uh, know what they're waiting on, but yeah, uh, he's he might just be the worst coach in the Power Six. But <laughs> anyway. Like, I was like, Baker Dunleavy should be the job to take over there. I bet he can win there. But now, like, at Quinnipiac, it's like he can't even win at Quinnipiac. Yeah. And that's a beautiful facility. They have all sorts of resources and all sorts of money. Their facility is beautiful, which I think I've said before on this podcast. But, like, they just haven't figured it out, man. I don't know. I don't know either, man. I mean, maybe this is the year. Who knows? But, yeah. I mean, on paper, I don't – I can't see it being the right. year. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, yeah. Next up, we're here. The Griffs. Oh, man. The Golden no, we're at, Griffins. Uh, we're at eight now. Um, Majesty Brandon got a second team nod for preseason. Yes, he did. Yeah. He is going to have to carry a load this year in terms yes, of scoring. Yes, he is. A I big think, load. Right. Um, Armand Harid was good. Yeah, I, I think he'll have a bigger role. I think Jordan Henderson will have a bigger role. Yako Fritz will have mm-hmm. a bigger role. I mean, Fritz is a good player. We know that. Yeah, uh, I think Yako Fritz is probably – I mean, if you're Reggie Witherspoon, you have to be happy with the fact that he just seemingly came out of nowhere and gave you quality minutes right, last year. Right. I mean, he, he – he, I think he exceeded everyone's expectations. Right. Um, I know they're excited about Malik Green. Mm-hmm. Um, just from, you know, being around the program, I, they're excited about him. Um, I've heard Ahamadou Fofana is almost like a Majesty Brandon type of player, but maybe not as good. Right. So, I mean, he can probably be a contributor off the bench. Uh, the other guys I don't know too much about, George Maslenikov. I know he went to DePaul. I saw a tweet about George Maslenikov, uh, last night. Let me, let me find it again. Yeah. 
Um, I think, uh, I think, well, while you do that, I just wanted to say that I think one of the biggest questions about this team, and I think this is something that you and I have talked about behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, who, who handles the ball? You know what I mean? Right. Like, obviously on paper, you think, Oh, majesty. Right. I mean, you know, he yeah. can easily just run the point, but if he I'm fast, I'm about to he say he's really fast. Yeah, if, if I'm Reggie Witherspoon, like, I don't know if I want my best score, you know, like I feel like majesty's game is based so much more on just, you know, whether it's spot up shooting or, I mean, not to say that he can't, you know, ball handle make plays happen, but right. I think he's a better suited to be more of a, just kind of wing guy you know i think he is too and that's where and that's where i think maybe fofana will come in and run the point at times right right that could be again like i don't know yeah i don't know too much about him (laughs) yeah i think i think that's that's definitely a bit of a question mark um and i'm assuming that's something that we'll find out right um you know, my guess would Jordan, be that Jordan Henderson is a little tall to run the point. He's yeah, six five. Yeah, that was my thought too. Because I was like, um, maybe you can do it to Henderson, but yeah, I think my guess is they'll probably try it out with Majesty Brandon. Um, if that doesn't I, work, I, I bet they, they will too. They'll probably look to the bench because I mean, I, I don't, I don't yeah. expect to see Jordan Henderson running the point. I just don't yeah. think that that would work. But we'll see. We'll see yeah. how the, uh, the grips yeah, how, how look. it looks. The tweet about Maslenikov that I found, it was he was teammates with Anthony Edwards in high school. Huh. That's interesting. They were on the same high school team. Um, and DePaul, where Maslenikov came from DePaul. He, he moved here from DePaul. Um, and he was – and Anthony Edwards was recruited by them before, you know, he got big and ended up going to Georgia. Uh-huh. So, hmm. well, that was interesting, I thought. I to say, fun fact. So, you know, interesting factoid. I didn't know that <laughs> before. So, anyway, uh, nine rider. They are not good. No, they are not. They don't have anybody coming back. Yeah, they. They um, look a lot. They have Christian Ings. He's a player. That's um. not like. <laughs> he's not anyone I, I get overly excited for. Um. I don't know. Yeah, they just they lost so much, man. They lost so much. Right. Like they, they really they, they lost so much. I mean, they brought in a lot. Um, I mean, just browsing this roster here, uh, it looks like uh, Dwight Murray Jr. I mean, I'm just looking at numbers here because I'm not I'm not super familiar with a lot of these guys. They have a, got a waiver on a freshman. Um, uh, Dwight Murray Jr. transferred from Incarnate Word, uh, averaged nine point six points a game for them. Um, but, uh, I, I'm not too sure. Again, I've never seen him play. I'm not too sure what his game is like, but right. almost a double digit score it has to be something, something that could potentially right. help them. Um, but yeah, I mean, Christian Ings yeah. is the one name that I look at and say, yeah, Christian Ings, but I'm really right. not too sold on no, many other players either. on this roster. Yeah. Like I just said, Dwight Murray did get a waiver. So he is playing this year, although I don't know how big of a role he has. Uh, they have Malachi D'Souza, who came in from U Albany. Uh, I've seen Malachi play a couple times. He's okay. <laughs> Nothing overly impresses me about him. So, yeah, not not, not too much to say there. He's he's okay. <laughs> he's okay. He's an okay player. Okay, I got you. Um, so so pretty much he, he sums up the rider, the entire rider right. roster, pretty much. Basically. He's an they're, they're okay players. Right. 
Um, yeah, not much to say there. Tenth, uh, Fairfield. Um, Caleb Green is good. Apparently, he's 5'10", averaged 11 a game at Holy Cross two years ago. Uh, Jesus Cruz is back. He's good. Taj Benning is okay. Uh, other than that, not great. Yeah, no. Not Outside seeing, of those three, not seeing very, a whole lot. <laughs> very shaky. Yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in agreement there. Uh, I mean, I like Jesus Cruz's game. I think he was a he was a fun player to watch. Uh, I'm not too, not super familiar with Caleb Green. Pierce, um, obviously transfer. It looks like he had to sit out last yep. year. Two years ago, yeah, he sat last year. Averaged just under 11 a game at Holy Cross two years ago. Mm-hmm. And if I'm remembering correctly, that was a bad Holy Cross team. <laughs> so, well, I mean. I guess if you can lead lead a bad team in scoring, it's got to count for something. I guess I don't know, right, but uh, right, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I think that they they, I mean, they have I mean, they have talent, but again, not not a very deep team. Just at a quick glance, right. like you said, you named off those big three. Um, they did I mean, lose. Again, they did lose guards. the big three players too, with Landon Taliaferro, Adis Kevaloskis, and Wasif Nathani. Mm-hmm. Um, say those three names five times fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, otherwise, I don't really know. I don't think they're that good. I don't think they'll compete. I think they'll eventually compete with Jay Young because I think Jay Young is a good coach. Um, you know, he, he was a grit-his-teeth guy at Rutgers. He was a big part of that program. Um, but anyway, this is not the year for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, last up, I have Marist. Uh, Marist. Um, oh, Marist. They... Not much to say about them. Michael Cubbage, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, looks like he, of their returning, leads their returning players. They, they, lost, they lost their only good player in Tobias Schoberg. So, yeah, no, no, not, not really, unfortunately. No. Doesn't. Um, <laughs> it, it was a weird, it was a weird lateral move for John Dunn two years ago, going from St. Peter's to Marist. Yeah, that was a, I remember that. It's tough to compete at St. Peter's. Um, I don't think it's that much easier to compete at Marist. (laughs) It's, it's, it's a nice campus and they have nice academic, they have good academics. It's not a good recruiting area. So I, I I think it's tough. Right. Which is true at Marist. Yeah. I mean, I, it's probably a little even tougher to recruit at St. Peter's because you have so just just so many schools down there. Yeah, that and that I mean, it can be in tough com- to get a foot in the door. Right, and in comparison to those other schools, like you look at the facilities and all that. I mean, they're they're right. definitely towards the bottom of the list in right. that area. Um, yeah, but yeah, Maris that- still Maris probably win some games and they'll win but a couple I, games they'll win maybe five or, they'll win maybe five or six games yeah but uh i, I think they get bounced in the first round probably <laughs> more than likely yeah. i think they've, they've definitely yeah. kind of solidified their spot towards the bottom of the standings yeah it's yeah a lot of player turnover they're not not as much player turnover as last year they had a ton of it last year but mm-hmm. um they lose tyler sagel who was an all-rookie they lost, like I said, Schoberg. Um, so Michael Cubbage is really the only playmaker there that I have. So, right, yeah, not too much to say about them. So, anyway, those are my rankings. Um, let's let's move over to national real quick because uh, we're starting to run low on time here. But uh, 
they're talking the NCAA tournament in, in Indianapolis. Yes. The entire tournament. Yes. That I mean, interesting. I, yes, it will. Yes, it will. Um, it kind of eliminates uh, not a huge portion, but a semi-big portion. I mean, obviously, I don't think that there was going to be fans regardless, but um, for a team like, say, I don't know, say, say, let's just say Villanova, for example. Say a Villanova, say they get the number one seed and, you know, in a normal year, they're going to play their um, their games in New York City or something like that. Just yeah. like, I mean, I, I cannot, I, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what the original sites were, but just for, right. you know, hypothetical here. Um, now you got to go to Indianapolis, which is a bit of a trek. I think it's even worse for a team like, say, Gonzaga. Say you get to play in, I don't know, Portland or something. You got to right. go all the way, not all the way across the country, but pretty much a little over halfway across the country, not right. Indianapolis. You know, it's it's different. It's going to be different. Um, yeah. Obviously, I think the players will be used to the no fans thing by the time that they get to the tournament. Right. I mean, heck, by then, you know, maybe maybe vaccine will be rolling out. Maybe they will allow some fans in the buildings. But right. um, I think but- it is good, though, I will say, one thing I think it is good that they made this decision now so that way right. you know once you get to tournament time you're not wondering oh what's what's going to happen what's going to happen I, I think mm-hmm. it's good to set the precedent now and say this is what we're doing um you know before the season even starts we're gonna play a tournament this is what where it's going to be this is how it's going to be run mm-hmm. blah 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 and Indianapolis was supposed to be the host of the final four this year I'm it will still be. So the eight original sites, I, I pulled it up for you here, were Providence, Raleigh, Lexington, Detroit, Wichita, Dallas, Boise, and San Jose. And then the regionals were Brooklyn, Minneapolis, Denver, and Memphis. Hmm. That's some interesting first-round sites. They are. You don't well, think it's Providence is one, or Lexington for that or, matter. Or Boise. <laughs> or Boise. Or yeah. Raleigh. <laughs> It went different. They they did go different this year. Yeah, now, I mean, you. Anyway, going back to Indianapolis, you have you have enough arenas there. We were talking about it on Twitter because obviously, they they will probably keep the Final Four at Lucas Oil Stadium. Yeah, I would assume. Think. But then you got you got Bankers Life Fieldhouse. Um, that's the the Pacers Arena. Mm-hmm. Um. What I'm really excited about, Inkle Fieldhouse. Oh, yeah, baby. Love that. I would, uh, I, I would be all for some NCAA tournament games at Hinkle. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, Mackey Arena, Purdue. It's like yeah, an Mackey hour Arena, away. Assembly uh, Hall. Um, what else? Yeah. Indiana State. What is their uh, basketball arena? Because you can play it there, too. Right. You can play some – at the Holman Center, that hosts mm-hmm. uh, that holds ten thousand two hundred. Right. Yeah, that's certainly that's viable. That's viable. Um, what else? The IUPUI Arena is uh, big for some reason. <laughs> they play at uh, yeah. They play at Indiana Farmers Coliseum, eighty two hundred hmm. in there. So you can put games there. Uh, you could even have games in high schools arena it's like like obviously high school basketball is so big in indiana it's almost like high school football in texas right no that's Uh, a good point so i mean they have i mean high schools in indiana have seven eight thousand seat arenas for basketball obviously they might not be up to par with the college facility because obviously for ncaa tournament games you got to have 
you know, all sorts of uh, certain amenities and certain requirements to host games. But I mean, some of them might be kind of already there. Some of them might only have to add a little bit, but I think it'd be cool to have some NCAA tournament games in like high school arenas. I think that'd be really cool. Absolutely. I don't see why not. I mean, at this rate, if you're just kind of looking for arenas, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're desperate, you know what I mean? I don't probably You're probably going to need eight. Right. For sure. Eight, for sure. Eight, for sure. Eight, Eight, definitely. Because you can do eight and then cut it to four for the regionals and then Mm -hmm. do that. So you could do Bankers Life, let's say Bankers Life, Farmers Coliseum, um, the Indiana State. Could you play some games at Lucas Oil, like first round? You could. Oh, yeah, I must say. I mean, I, I don't think anything else would be going I, on. I don't think. I don't think teams would really want to, though. Yeah, that's, that's a good only, point. Uh, that's that's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, how far is Fort Wayne from uh, Indianapolis? I'm not too sure. Um, it's a good question. I'm not brushed up on my Indiana geography, unfortunately. Uh, Indiana, Indianapolis to Fort uh, two hours. Okay. Two, two hour go up to Fort Wayne. They got an arena there. Um, like you said, Mackey Arena and Assembly Hall, both about an hour away. So, I mean, you you can find eight arenas in the in the Indianapolis area to have this tournament in the first rounds. We'll say it'll it'd be easy, right? Yeah, I, I think this is, this is a good move by the NCAA in yeah. my mind. Yeah, they, bottom they line, travel and all that. Right. Yeah, bottom line. Bottom line, definitely a good move. Yeah, that that's why we're seeing like all these conferences like playing less games, and I'm not sure if any conferences are going to be playing in a bubble. Um, I think some are. I mean, this will kind of be a pseudo bubble uh, for this tournament. Um, now it'll be, I guess. I, it depends if they have fans or not at this tournament. If they if they have fans, it's not a bubble. Like, sorry, MLB, <laughs> you didn't play in a bubble. Yeah. No. Anyway, <laughs> and you had a case. So <laughs> right, uh, exactly, laying down the law. Yeah, they could definitely find eight arenas uh, yeah, easily in the Indianapolis area. Easily, so it'll be interesting. Um, last thing, I guess we can go over a couple of the big games for the first couple of days of the season, because I assume we won't record again until maybe next weekend or so. Uh, we haven't figured that out yet. Obviously, we won't record next Thursday because that's Thanksgiving. Um, but first day of the season, Arizona State Baylor. I know. I like that. I like that. I like the big fan of the the big games coming out immediately. You know what I mean? Obviously, oh, yeah. you're not going to have uh, you know neither of these teams seeing as it is it, it is their first game. I don't think right. either are going to be firing at full strength that you'll see later no. in the year. But with that being said, these are two talented teams. Um, mm-hmm. Bobby Hurley, my guy, Arizona State. Our guy. Yeah, our guy, absolutely. Uh, Remy Martin. I think Remy Martin is. Yep. Definitely, I think he's been projected to be a first-team All-American uh, player, and I don't see why he can't be. Mm-hmm. Um, Baylor, bring a lot of guys back. Um, very talented team as well, and their ranking, I think, certainly reflects that. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're going to be in for a good game of basketball there, man. I think we're going to be in for a so. darn good game of basketball. At least I hope so, man. I'll, I'll take anything at this point. Yeah. Oh, oh no, honestly. We haven't, we haven't seen college basketball <laughs> over eight months now well over eight months now so uh, the big one is thanksgiving day with gonzaga kansas that too man Ooh. that is a big one 
That is that is another big one, man. I'm looking forward to both these games. It'll I mean, I'm looking for like a, a fun first few days. Can't I can't complain, man. I can't mm-hmm. complain there. I mean, another one. Oof. Another one. This this is a little after the Champions Classic. This was Jeff Borzello. He tweeted this a few days ago. The Champions Classic and the Jimmy V Classic are official. December first, Michigan State at Duke, and Kentucky versus Kansas. And that is the Champions Classic. Jimmy V is going to be Tennessee versus Gonzaga and Baylor against Illinois. And we were just talking about Illinois before we started recording that Illinois is a damn good team. Oh, man. I'm telling you right now, I know last year I was high in Colorado. That was definitely more of a dark horse pick. Mm -hmm. Illinois is certainly not a dark horse pick. But if there is one team that I'm the most excited about to watch in the country, I would say it's it's, it's the fighting Illini. I mean, I I, I told you earlier, I I would just – I can never pronounce this. Io Desonmu. Thank you. I can never pronounce this last name. I always trip. Um, love Io Desonmu. Think he is going to be. I think with Luca Garza, I think he's probably going to be at least in the top three for Player of the Year. I'm that high mm-hmm. on him. Um, I think that this team is has Final Four potential. I think this team I has national championship I, potential. I mean, I, I love this team. Big fan of this team coming into the season. I'm not sure if I would take any one-two punch in the country over Desonmu and Kofi Coburn. That's not exactly. Yep. I'm I didn't not even sure if I would Kofi take Coburn. any other one before I take them. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you there. Team. I'm with you there, my friend. I'm with you so, there. This, this is a really good team. And I think, I think Brad Underwood has done a really good job there. And I think, like you said, this is a team that has final four national championship potential. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to watch them is, is that, uh, that might be their first game. I doubt it's their first game, but uh, let's see. That is Illinois plays Duke too on uh, December eighth. I didn't know that. That might yeah. be their first game because I don't think we have a Big Ten schedule yet. So that is their th- well, that's actually their fourth game. Apparent according to this. Oh, okay. They play. Is that in like a is that like a tournament type deal? Because they play three games in a row. It's probably. It probably is. Yeah. Let me so, see here. Okay, so it's not their one of their it's their fourth game. Okay, so I messed up there. <laughs> is it the wait, hold on, I'm not even Oh there it is, there it is, there it is. Uh oh no, maybe not. Maybe these are all just home games. Yeah, I guess so. Never mind. Uh Wright State, uh North Carolina A and T and the University of Ohio are their Ohio. First games. Okay. So they got they got a couple they got a couple bye games before. Yeah, a couple but, tune-ups. So that's their first big game is right. really what we're saying. Correct. So, correct, correct, correct. Yeah, they play Duke. That's part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And, and then they do go into the Big Ten schedule. So mm-hmm. I, the Big Ten is a deep league. Yes, that it might is. Be one of the, that might be the deepest league in the country. I would have to agree. I mean, I think that's – They were going to send probably nine or ten teams to the yep. tournament. I know. I was just going to say that. Yeah. This year. yeah so. I don't. I don't see why they can't. Speaking mm-hmm. of speaking of the big time, you got to give a quick shout out. Rutgers basketball, baby. Rutgers they're, basketball, they're, baby. They're what, 23, 24? Something like that, man. Ranked Rutgers. It puts a smile on my face. 24th. Puts a smile 20, on my face. Okay. Yeah, 24th. We are awake. We are no longer sleeping on Rutgers. They are good. So they have uh, – so the Big Ten had seven – yeah, seven ranked teams coming into this year. Iowa at five, Wisconsin at seven, Illinois at eight, Michigan State at 13, Ohio State at 23, Rutgers 24, Michigan 25. 
man, that's crazy. That's a deep league. <laughs> and, and Penn State, and both Penn State and Maryland have, they might end up being ranked at some point this year. So that's seven mm-hmm. already. And those two, you got nine of the 14. Yeah, that's and crazy. And like Indiana will probably be Indiana and go and win 18 to 22 games again. <laughs> Purdue will probably be decent. Minnesota, yeah. Western Nebraska, no. Yeah. But no. Th- this is, th- that's a deep league, and it's going to be a really fun league to watch. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's probably, like you said, probably the deepest league in the country. Yeah. I mean, that conference schedule is just going to be a bloodbath. So, super duper excited like to watch that unfold. Year. Yeah. Super excited. So, um, yeah, that, that's about all I have. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, I think I'm good. Right. I think I'm good. I so, think I, I think I got out all my, uh, all my excitement. We're back, Aiden. Yep. <laughs> We're back one week from, or one week from what today, one or one week, week from, from yesterday? yesterday? One week from yesterday. Oh man, so six, six more days. Good lord, I cannot so, believe it. Finally. Yep. So, <laughs> that will do it for the first episode of the Talk and Smack podcast for the new year. Uh, if you're new to this podcast, welcome. Um, but, uh, you know, keep listening. We'll put out episodes probably about once a week or so. Yeah. Uh, moving forward. So. Yeah, like Aiden said, no, probably nothing next Thursday, obviously, because of Thanksgiving. But right. I would say we'll probably try to aim somewhere Friday, Saturday, Sunday, somewhere right, in there. Yeah, probably over the weekend somewhere. So uh, my name is Aiden Jolly alongside Adam Gorski. Good night.